Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. The AuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., offering virtual sessions if you can't get to the georgia stops the website markwelltherapy.com again markwelltherapy.com fall is right around the corner and the leaves will begin to well fall nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters that's where inspect all pest services comes in they do gutter cleaning gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round and full gutter replacement in addition to gutters they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new Inspect all pest services. Call them today. 770-483-2420. 770-483-2420. Mention the BS. Receive 10% off your gutter or pressure washing needs. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is. Episode 116 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors studio. Brought to us by Gornstein and Watkins. Trial litigation, attorneys, personal injury, wrongful death, landlord-tenant disputes. Gornstein and Watkins are your fellas. GWTrial.com or 470-491-0808. The Nader Tater Vader Masturbator with the Tiger, Geiger, Flyger, Biger, Little Tiger Face, Little Tub Tubs. Uh, they're in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Hola. Hola. Yeah, he has a little cough, so every now and then I got to hold him up so he can stretch. You hear him? Oh, yeah, I can see his little tongue. Oh. Tub tubs. Use your little tub yeah. tubs. Use your little yeah, tub. yeah. Yeah, so every now and then I got to pick him up and kind of get the, I don't know, he has a little fluid in his lungs or something. He's on some, what's it, like antihistamines. That's what it is. What's wrong with him? Is he going to the Mexican dog doctor? I don't know. They said he might, he, they think it might just be some allergies or something. Um, so, yeah, so we give him some medicine. He's just been coughing a little bit. Yeah. How, how, are the, how, how are the vets in Mexico? Good. 
Oh yeah, they're great, and and they show you everything. It's not like oh yeah, we did some X rays, blah, blah blah. Like they take you in there. Like Alexa saw they did like a ultrasound on his heart and and lungs and everything like that. And she's like, yeah, you want to come look at it? And they brought brought her back there. You can see everything. They give you the printouts of everything and. Oh. It's like 50 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> this is going to be a little expensive today. You owe us $50. <laughs> yeah, like shit. Not a problem. Uh, there she is, the oh-so-talented, way, way beautiful, the vivacious Nikki D, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that definitely sounded like it needed a clap. And, and you're going to be proud of me because I looked up some dog insurance yesterday for my dog. I didn't buy it, but I looked it up. Oh, so well, I might buy it. I've never said to get dog insurance. <laughs> I said to get travel insurance. Yeah, the, but don't you need dog insurance? The, I don't. That's well, the best thing you'll get. Some live like Nate obviously loves it. I've 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 had it. Uh, I've never used it, so I'm not coming from a place of experience. Just by what I've been told. And a lot of the vets, even well, they probably tell you because they want you to pay them anyway. But I've just heard that it doesn't pay off. Would you you disagree with that? It does pay off? Oh, yeah. I mean, how would you never use it? You use it every year that you, you get their their shots and their teeth cleaned and their, um, their uh, like, um, what is it? The, what's the, the rabbit, what's the rabbit dog thing? Rabies um, shots. Rabies, yeah, the rabies stuff, like all all that stuff, all of that's covered. Really? So like you don't have to pay, yeah, you don't have to pay anything, or you might just pay like a small copay where you're you're gonna be paying hundreds of dollars, um, otherwise. So I I always we always found it very helpful. Can can you get it if the dog's eight, nine, ten? Yeah, you can get it at any time. Yeah, you can get it at any time according to the website. Oh, huh, interesting. How much is it? It's pretty cheap, right? It's like a hundred and thirty dollars yeah. a month. A month? Yeah. $130 a oh. month? That's what it says. I don't think I don't think mine is that. I mean, I guess it probably there's probably different ones I assume. Yeah, that's you know, I got 5 dogs. That's that's a that's a car payment. <laughs> I thought ours was I felt like ours was like 40 or 50 bucks. Yeah, I thought it was they were like 20 or like it was like dental insurance. It was pretty inexpensive. No, my and I got the second package that they offered because when you add the pesticide package it's completely separate so it's like an additional thirty dollars no oh, i gotcha um, yeah the one i got was um 37.95 dang i could do 37.95 i could do that too that's where'd affordable. you get that from <laughs> not the place that you oh. went to <laughs> so, i'll send you the hookup but yeah it is worth it i mean if you're getting their teeth clean and getting shots and stuff uh send that to me too cheaper. would you send that to me too Okay. Yeah, send me that, whatever that is. I'm sorry. I'm going to be chomping on some cough drops. I, my allergies, I think my I, I think my allergies have got, like, I got hit so bad. I, I'm not sick. I know I'm not sick, but my allergies hit me. I had sneezing and stuffy nose me and my too. sinuses and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then my th- I had a really sore throat. Did you have a sore throat? No, I didn't have a sore throat. I'm just itchy, the runny nose, all of that stuff. I just put my contacts back on last night and having to wear my glasses. I'm thinking it's because of my mom's house and the, the cat urine and all the animals and stuff. And it just, it started to hit me when I was down there. So anyway, I'll fight through it. I, I came back and I was like, I'm going to the gym. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of sweating it out and going to the gym. And I felt so good afterwards. It wasn't even mm. funny. It was fantastic. All right, question for you guys. Is it okay for a man to buy another man a best friend bracelet? This is okay. I don't feel like it's normal or typical, I guess. You know what I mean when I say is it okay? Like, 
Is it a little? But why would you do that? I, I can't see a man being like, hey, bro, I want to give you this best friend bracelet because you're my best bro and I love you. I don't, I don't, that's something chicks do. I've never seen a man do that. They call each other bros? Yeah. Chicks do? No, men do. That's oh. what the man's going to say when he give him the bracelet. <laughs> Have you ever done it, Nate? Have you ever given your buddy a best friend bracelet? <laughs> no, I've never even heard of it. We've heard of a bracelet before. <laughs> well, not a best friend bracelet. Well, I don't even know what that is. It's got, it's engraved. It says BFF. <laughs> no, never seen one. Well, you got to get them made. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, that's why I haven't seen it because you got to get it made, I guess. He's making you one for Christmas, Nate. <laughs> well, that's my next question. If I were to get you one, would you wear it? There's a point to this story, by the way. But if I were to get what's you one, would you, would you wear it? Well, what's it made out of? Uh, cheap gold. You'll get a green ring around your arm. Yeah, I don't really wear jewelry. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if it was like hemp or something. Like a tweed, like a like a brown tweed kind of thing with with uh, with um, bedazzled little beads. What if he braids it out of yarn? Yeah, <laughs> twine. No, that's what I said. That was I saying hemp. All right. So the that's reason a cooler. the reason why I ask, uh, my best friend in middle school, his name was name is name was name was is is he still alive? He, uh, I think so. Then his name is 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 he still a man? Uh, yes. <laughs> His name is Jamie Sterling. And this guy was oozing cool. He was just so fucking cool. Everything he did was cool. But he was a bad kid. He was really, really bad. This this is the guy that made me into a juvenile delinquent. I would have, like, I, we, we became best friends in the middle of seventh grade. So our relationship was pretty short because I moved in the middle of eighth grade. So we had a full year. And that year we went balls to the wall BFF. He got me to smoke cigarettes. He got me to smoke weed. Uh, I almost lost my virginity. Uh, I started hooking up. To, to him? No, to, to, to <laughs> girls. No, no, not to He oh, didn't okay. touch me. We snuck out. We drank alcohol. I stole alcohol. We stole everything. We didn't pay for a thing. We stole everything from stores. He was a bad influence. And it's because, you know, I, I think, you know, if I look back at it now, his dad left at that age. And so he became very rebellious and, and whatnot. But all the girls liked him. There was not one girl, good looking girl, in our middle school that did not lose their virginity to him in middle school. Oh, wow. I was on the floor numerous times when these girls would sneak in. They would get a cab, seventh graders, get a cab, come over, sneak in the window. He'd have sex with them. I'd be on the floor. They'd leave. What'd you be down there doing? Just trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. Just trying to sleep. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I, I was, I, I, I was, t I, I'll still, even with all that going on, I bought, I was like, I don't want to lose my virginity until I love the girl and all that stuff. And I could have lost it to the first girl I kissed, but I, I chickened out. Anyway, so uh, we moved to Sarasota in the middle of eighth grade. Um, when I left, I couldn't bring my four wheeler with me, so I give it to him. I just give him my four-wheeler. But the Christmas, like, but it was his birthday or Christmas or something, I went to, do you guys remember the store Things Remembered? Yes. Yep. Okay. I love that store. That's the best friend bracelet headquarters, right? So you go in there, and they have these bracelets, and they're fake gold, 
and they have like a a, a plaque on the bracelet, like a, a clear piece, and you put their name on it, and on the other side you put BFA BFF. And then you got to wait a couple hours for them to engrave it. And it was like high tech, not high tech stuff back in the day. And you're like, oh man, I'm getting something to engrave. I'll be back, you know, two hours. Let me go to the food court and I'll be back. You know, that kind of thing. So I got him a bracelet and I gave him a bracelet. And I, th- I think he gave me one too. And then I think I still have it. If memory serves. I think so. But anyway, so I'm on Facebook the other night. And I've been looking for this guy. Like, on, I, you know, for every once in a while, I'll think of him, and I've been looking for him, and I, I couldn't find him at all. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on my Facebook page, and it says, people you may know, and it says Jamie Sterling. And it's him. Yeah, I just found him. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I couldn't <laughs> find him, and I just, you know, just popped up. And it's a picture of him and, I guess, his daughter. And I heard some, you know, rumors after I left that things went downhill for him. He got hooked up on heroin and he had started dating this girl that was way younger than him, him and just a lot of bad shit, but he looks like he's, a, everything's okay now, <clears throat> even though he doesn't post a lot or anything on social media. So I added him as a friend and I sat there for like, I don't know, 20 minutes, just refreshing, you know, kind of like in social network where Mark Zuckerberg's trying to get his old girlfriend to, Friend him on Facebook and just sits there and refreshes, keeps it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did he finally friend you? No, not yet. Oh. I don't know. I don't even know if he's on Facebook. So I'm up uh, at dinner that later that night, and I, t- I I I said to Rach, I go, you know, uh, I think I I found my best friend from middle school, and she didn't respond the way I thought she was going to respond. She responded like, "Why were you looking for him?" You know, that's it was kind of an odd response, like she was jealous. I was like, well, I don't know. We were very close, and, I mean, he was part of my life, and I just always wanted to know whatever ha- what happened to him. It's like one of the very few people in my life that I, I really wanted to know what happened to him because I heard, you know, terrible things, and I could totally see those things happening. And she was, she was like, how close were you? I was like, well, close enough to give him a best friend bracelet. And she goes, her, both her and my daughter started busting out laughing. Like, <laughs> they almost pissed themselves. <laughs> And I didn't see what was so funny. I mean, what's so funny about that? <laughs> they're like, you gave him. I was like, I think we gave each other best friend bracelets. I think I still have mine. You know, things remembered. Oh, my God. It was the funniest thing in the world. Just guys don't do that. <laughs> they don't. Guys don't give each other best friend bracelets. Oh. I've never heard of that in my life. I thought it was a nice gesture at the time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How did he react when you gave him the bracelet? I think he liked it. Was he honored? Yeah. I think. I don't know if he ever wore it, but. I must say, did you put it on and clasp it for him? No, that's, you know, guys don't do that. Oh, guys don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the store, purchase the bracelet, engrave it, but you don't put it on. Nikki, that's a little soft. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's be real, Nikki. Come on. <laughs> I'm a little bit tougher than that. Are okay. you going to ask him about the bracelet when he friends you? Yeah, actually, I'd get him on the show. We, we got some great stories, you know. I haven't talked to the guy in in forty seven. I moved when I was thirteen ish, twenty four years. Mm, a long time. No. What if he doesn't even remember your bracelet? Are you gonna be thirty four years? What? What if he doesn't even remember your bracelet? Are you gonna be crushed? I don't think I have that problem. 
You think he's going to definitely remember it. You give somebody a best friend bracelet. It, it kind of stands out. Probably because you're probably the only man in his life that's ever gave him a best friend bracelet. Oh, I guarantee that. Me too. Yeah, I, I guarantee that. It's just, <laughs> no, I, I don't know why I did it. I, I agree. It's kind of a fucking weird thing to give another dude. I have no idea why I gave it to him. He kind of looks like um, Brian Vander Ark from uh, the Verve Pipe. Now he does. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why I did that. You know, when I was telling Rach the story, I was kind of ashamed. I was like, you should be. It was like, you know, like when you're a kid and you play doctor, you know, with a with your guy friend and you just don't understand Y'all anything. Y'all play doctor too? No, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just hypothetically Goodness speaking. Like, gracious. No, we did not do that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, there are some young men that were sex curious and they were like, hey, to their best friend, their guy friend, they're like, we touch my butthole? And- you're playing doctor. I mean, you're like oh, four or five. Gosh. I did not do that. I'm just mm. saying there are some kids that probably did that and they're ashamed of it and they don't want to talk about it later in life. It sounds like another experience you had that you um, are deflecting onto someone else. No, I played, do- I played doctor with a girl when I was young. Uh, like when I was like six or seven, we played. Doctor. You also played proctologist. No, <laughs> it was weird. We, we started, we first played house. We were in the kitchen and then, She's like, oh, look, you cut yourself and took a fake knife and like kind of slashed my forearm. I was like, oh, wow, I'm bleeding everywhere. And there's no blood. But she was like, hey, lay down. I'm also a nurse. She really liked me. Then she said, oh, no, you're dying. Let me give you CPR. Yeah, she liked me, though. You could tell she was she was into the kid. I got to bring you back to life. I started at a very young age. Big Daddy Bang Bang was born at a very, very young age. Oh. Uh, so anyway, it answers that question. I have another question for you. <clears throat> the, av- okay. the average sofa has seen how many arguments? This is actually science. There's a number. There is a number. Hmm. The Over sofa. What? Uh, arguments. Like I don't know, but I mean, like, over what period of time? Like, it... A year, like 10 years? Well, the research, the average sofa lasts eight years. Oh, okay. So basically over the the life of the sofa. Mm -hmm. 2,000. 2,000 arguments, eight years. Okay, Nate? Eight. Eight? Yeah. 8,000 or eight arguments? No, eight arguments. Who argues on the couch? Okay, hold that thought. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh... (laughs) The number is 311. Oh, that's a lot less than I thought. Uh, 311 arguments, eight years, <clears throat> suffered 316 drink spillages, and has been the site of 286 makeup sessions. The average couch also hosts 401 naps, more than 8,500 hours of TV watching, <clears throat> 537 movies, and it will swallow the remote 346 times. On average, people expect to spend $1,200 on their dream couch, but if a new couch costs too much, 71% of the people would be fine with a used one, even if it's been through spillages and makeup sessions somewhere else. Are those all true? I don't know about the the numbers of the model. All of those things occur on the couch, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't say the numbers, but yeah, yeah, I guess those things happen. You okay with buying a used couch? No. I like getting a new couch. You can get a new couch now as cheap as a used couch would be. So I'd rather just buy a cheap new couch 
than a used couch. But you, oh, no way. Couches are like thousands of dollars. You can buy a used one for like a hundred bucks. Where? Oh, I, well, I just. <laughs> Goodwill. I, I, I no. just, I just got my mom a new couch and it was free and it was a nice couch and uh, just needed to be cleaned up a little bit. But the people left it outside their house for me, and I went and picked it up, found it on Facebook Marketplace, put a cover on it anyway because of the dogs. And, you know, you get what you – I learned this about couches. You get what you pay for with couches. Like, you can get a, uh, an inexpensive couch at, like, Rooms to Go or Ashley or something like that, but they're shit. Shit fabric, shit put together, everything's hard. It's going to fall apart in a year or two. You know, you got to spend the money and get a nice couch. you got to spend a couple thousand dollars to get a really good couch. Or – you find those really good couches used, you know, on Facebook Marketplace. Nate's right. I agree with Nate on that one. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've no, I don't know if I've ever bought a... Well, yeah, I bought one brand new couch. Most of them I've got are used. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I've got used couches. We, we got used couches when we moved in here. They're from our friend's house. I mean, they weren't like a stranger's asshole was sitting on them. But they were nice couches, really nice. And I always want, I was like, I want to make enough money at one point in my life. I want to buy a brand new couch, a really nice couch. And I did that with my back room. That was like my big purchase that year. It was your big couch. It was my big, nice couch, you know, doing that. You know, couches are like barbers, right? There's so many stories that can go along with a couch. And, you know, when I saw this story, I was like, it, it took me back to, when I got my my first place, my first place was like 480 square feet. It was a little condo. It was in Winter Park, Florida. And I bought it for, I think, $53,000. And I was 21 years old. And, you know, like the kitchen was the living room, was the laundry room. It was like everything was just one big room. And I needed to furnish it. And I had <clears throat> some furniture that my mother had given me over the years from my childhood. Right. But I didn't have a couch. So this was as a 21-year-old. Not that I hadn't had couches before in my dorm room and stuff. But this is the first living quarters that I have to furnish with a couch. And, you know, the ladies are going to be on this couch. I got to impress them. So I find this used, and it was like through a listener or a friend or something. And I had to drive a distance to get it, I remember. This used white couch which was dirty it was filthy but it was the most comfortable couch that i'd ever sat on ever laid on and i did my best to clean it up but it still looked like it had been beaten up <laughs> and next to it was this orange reclining rocking chair like burnt orange from the 70s that i had found somewhere and that was my living room and a coffee table you know and a television and a vcr and and, and i i look back now and if I was shooting a reality show just based off the things that happened on or around that couch, it'd be the best reality show you could ever see. What's the best thing that happened on the couch? The porn. Not sex. The porn star. Oh. <laughs> well, we didn't have sex on the couch. So we come back from a gig. It was a Thursday night, Zuma Beach. And I was with my buddies, Rich and Dan. And I pick up this girl. She's wearing a tight leopard print you know 90s-esque club dress you mm -hmm. know very slutty-ish that was the style then and i ask her if she wants to come back to my place so i make sure that she comes back to my place i have my buddy ride with her 
So in case she, she, I decided, you know, she didn't change her mind. You chaperoned her there. And, and she goes, uh, I've got something, I've got something to show you when I get there. And I was like, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> so it's late. I've got to get up in like three hours to go to work, if not two. And I'm like, we got to get this going, you know, but I got my buddies here. It's kind of weird. So we're on the couch. All four of us are on the couch. And if memory serves, Dan was, if you're, if you're, if you're sitting on the couch looking forward, right? Dan was far left. Rich was next to Dan. This slutty leopard print dress girl is in there. She's really skinny, really petite. And then I'm on the other end. And we're just all sitting on the couch. I don't even think the television was on. And we're just talking. We weren't even drinking. We were just all sitting on this couch. It was weird. And But she had this VHS tape in her hand. And she goes, I got to show you guys this. I'm like, well, what is this? She goes, it's a, it, I, I do porn locally. And I'm like, what? This is great. This is awesome. Like, I never, <laughs> never had a porn star in my house before. I'm, this is... <laughs> I like how she says locally, like, no, no, I'm not professional. I'm, I'm new. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she made it sound. She's like, I just shoot it locally. So she goes, this is my favorite scene. Um, I just want to see what you think of it. And I'm like, okay. And she puts it in and just like any VHS tape, you know, you put it in and it's a <laughs> kind of staticky. And then, it, you know, the, the static kind of goes away and then you get the screen. So it's her, this other girl and this older guy, like way older guy in the shower having a threesome but he's using a lollipop a dum-dum as a prop so you can only imagine where he's putting it in all these different places and stuff like that and she just thinks it's the most artistic thing ever that she's <laughs> that she's getting off from a dum-dum lollipop right <laughs> and she's like walking us through it like oh no wait well let's go back here Hold on. and she's got the remote and it, like she's a football coach and we're 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 in, we're in, you know we're watching tape you know <laughs> She's going back and forth. I, I'm i paying attention because I, I want to sleep with her. But I look over to my buddies, Rich and Dan, and their heads are together. They've fallen asleep. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, how do you fall asleep with this? I'm the one that has to get up in a couple hours. And so uh, and and so I finally am able to coerce her to come and go into the bedroom. Um. And I was like, all right, we just got to get this thing over with. I just, I got to get at least an hour of sleep. I got to get at least an hour. So I'm not telling her this, but in my head, I'm thinking this. And then I'm starting to get scared. I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I'm going to be able to. She's a porn star. What am I thinking? <laughs> There's no way that I'm going to be able to, you know, I mean, do anything impressive. I'm thinking like every time a porn star has sex, whether it's on camera or not, it's like this big, extravagant. And I was like, oh, it's going to take five hours. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So I started to get scared and get anxiety. And then she goes, oh, I want to show you something. And she does this thing that's never been done to me before ever or ever has been since then, where she laid on her back and she put her head off the mattress and she wanted me to, it was just oh. weird. I was intimidated. There's no doubt. I was intimidated. So I gave her a good 30 seconds of Roger and, and uh, and then it, and then it, and then she went on her way. I never to see her again. Never to talk to her again. I don't even know her. I don't even know her name. But anyway, what I remember more, not necessarily the girl or what happened in the bedroom or the VHS tape. I remember that fucking couch. Because <laughs> all I can see is Rich and Dan with their heads together sleeping as this girl's doing play by play 
of her porn. And at one time, all three of the fellows were on the couch watching her talk about this porn. That couch, that's one of my favorite memories. It's one of my favorite stories to tell, that couch. That couch was with me up until I moved from that condo. And the girl that I eventually moved in with, she was like, that couch is not coming with us. (laughs) I don't blame her. And that's the other thing with couches is if there's one thing a new person in your relationship, this is more for women to men versus men to women. Women will not allow you to bring your old couches with you. There are too many demons, too many stories, too many whatever in that couch. Women, they don't openly talk about it, but women hate men's original couches. I agree 1,000%. They are most of the time ugly, they're uncomfortable, and you know they've done all kind of nasty stuff on them. Yeah. Well, other than that, there's stories. Like I said, couches are like barbers. There's stories that are on those couches that women don't want those stories or want you to be reminded of them. Yep. <clears throat> and that's why they don't they don't let you bring it in. I mean, you know, Nate, I don't know when you, you know you and Alexis first got together, but do you remember her kind of shunning your couch cuz I know your couch had stories. No, not really. Um we had my couch for a couple of years and then I bought us a new couch. So so we had my original one for a while cuz she I had her move in with me and I think I think we sold her couch. Um, but yeah, it's weird that women are, are like that about couches. You think they'd be like that about the bed because you know you're fucking in the bed, right? And, and people aren't. Or women are like, yeah, get rid of the bed before you, you, you know, we move in together or whatnot. Not the bed, the mattresses. You always, I always is new mattress. If if it's something that's serious, I haven't had very many serious relationships, but a new mattress. You don't have to get rid of the bed, but definitely the mattress. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever experienced the mattress thing. You're right about that. But the couch thing, yeah, that, without a doubt, that's way great. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Well, and I, like probably like Nikki was saying, it's usually just because they're gross, you know. Because guys will hang out, and I disagree though. They're super comfortable because we've had them for fifteen years, and every spring is broken, and you sink into it. Uh, but it's comfortable <laughs> as hell. Oh, I, I loved you know when when I had that uh, bachelor condo before we moved to Atlanta in Baldwin Park. I had those two brown leather couches. I always wanted brown leather couches. You know, like the ones you'd see in a study on movies and stuff like that. I don't that. like leather couches. Oh my god. I, don't I like being cold. I I I wore those things down. Like I would take I loved those couches and there's two of them. You know, so it was kind of bulky and they reclined. I never had a reclining couch before. This is like high end for me at the time. And uh you know, they went everywhere and they even came to Atlanta and we put them in the back room and we're like, it's just not going to work. And Rachel's like, we got to let these go. <laughs> and I remember I posted them on Facebook marketplace and I sold them like immediately. And I take them over to the guy's house and they're for his son. And we take them down to his, his the basement where his son lives and I meet him, he's a nice Jewish guy, and, and his kid was going off to college in a couple of years or something like that. And, you know, I mean, this was probably seven, eight years ago, nine years ago. And uh, and just the other day, actually, this this guy who I see all the time where I play tennis, uh, comes up to me and he goes, hey, man, you know, I just can't, I, I wanted, I, I always want to say this to you when I see you, but you remember me, right? I'm like, yeah, I see you all the time out here playing tennis. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 you... I'm the one, you remember, you sold the, your couches to me, my son. He's like 24 now, still has them. 
was like, oh my God, you're right. I totally forgot about that. I was like, that was you. I've seen you like almost every day for the last six years, never realizing that you're the couch buyer guy. Wow. Mm. And he still has them. Those things gets, last a long time. Yeah, those are some damn Ashley furniture couches. Those actually, those, those held some value. But you were saying like, you know, eight arguments, Nate, on a couch. I agree. You don't really have that I can think of. You don't argue when you're on the couch, per se. No. Yeah, at least I don't. Because, I mean, the couch, you might get in a disagreement about a show or something like that. But to me, like, arguments are you're standing, you're pacing, you're walking back and forth, you're shouting, you're pointing. Um, I'm usually up and about if I'm getting in an argument, I feel like. Yeah, the makeup on a couch, maybe, right? You sit down, yeah. everybody calm down, let's sit down on the couch. I've gotten in a few arguments on the couch. How do you get in an argument? Usually if you're on the couch, you're watching television, or you're snuggling, or you're, you're having sexy time. But what could you possibly be doing when both of you are on the couch to argue? The number one thing that starts the arguments that I get into on the couch is because we are, we're watching something, and I'll have my phone. So I might be looking at the phone or I might get a message or, or something. Oh. And the argument will be, you're not, you're not paying attention or, or you're on, on your phone. Or, and I'm like, shut up. I'm watching. I know what's going on. And then, boom, we're arguing oh. for, for something that dumb. Oh, but okay. it always starts on the couch for me. Okay, so I'm, I'm thinking, we're probably thinking big arguments. She's right. You can have the little remote arguments and those types of things. Oh, it, it rolls from that to... You're so um, unemotionally attached, and I mean, it 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 turns into a thing. Okay, it's so, a full. So you're argument. a big couch arguer. Yeah. Okay. Nate and I are not big couch <laughs> arguers. Yeah, maybe it's a woman thing. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. That's where you relax. You're all you're in, yeah. uh, you're comfortable. You're just hanging out. Yeah. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm chilling on the couch. Yeah. That's I, why we have those shitty couches because you can relax on it. Y'all want to get these fancy, uncomfortable couches, and you get pissed off and get in an argument. <laughs> I, I would say the number one place in the house that you would have an argument would be the kitchen. Not because you're arguing about something in the kitchen. It just seems like a good neutral place to argue. I argue in the kitchen too. Well, you argue everywhere. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> people want to argue with me about dumb things in different parts of the house. I wouldn't be surprised if you had an argument with somebody in your fireplace. I don't have a fireplace. Well, just I'm being like in, in the shower. <laughs> I've argued in the shower. I Me did. and my daughter's father had our biggest argument ever in the shower. You yes. both were showering together. Well, he was showering. I was standing outside yelling at him in the shower. About what? Cheating. He was cheating. And so. You couldn't wait till he gets out of the shower? Nope. I had to go and confront him right then. And so I'm yelling. And at first he's yelling back. And then he stops yelling. So now I'm thinking, oh, you think I'm just a joke? So I snatched the shower curtain back. And he's standing there and he's crying. And so now I'm looking at him and he's like, all I do is go to work to take care of you and take care of Madison. And you're always accusing me of cheating. So then I start crying and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> because I'm thinking he has to be telling the truth if he's crying. Yeah. But he was a liar. Yeah. Does the dinger look different when a man's crying? I didn't look at it. Oh, was, you looked at it. I didn't look at it. I already knew what it looked like. Yeah, I know, but it's there. It's like you look at it. <laughs> no. You know what a dead body looks like, too, but you still look at those. I didn't look the at it. The car accidents. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm going to shower. My, uh, my first wife asked for a divorce when she was in the shower. See? Maybe there is something there. Yeah. A fucking weird place to argue <laughs> or have anything happen. <laughs> 
In the shower. In the shower. Maybe maybe they should have done a study about the shower, not the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's talk to our guest here. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m., all right? Some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. No offense. Stress-free buying and selling, and like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and right tree service and more, they're going to do both. They're going to show up and they're going to call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online, cuttingright.com, C-U-T-T-I-N-R-I-G-H-T.com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal, who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed. 877-828-8846. That's 877-8-CUTTIN. CuttinRight.com. And back to you, Jason. The Bailey Show podcast guest portal brought to us by Country Financial. If you need anything insurance related, call Sean now. 678-519-9028. The camp agency at Country Financial. Your one-stop shop to all your insurable needs. Big show concert tomorrow night at Tannery Row. You know, the place we did podcast and ports too at. Uh, and I wanted to get the artist... On to talk again, a repeat guest of the program, but the uh, show uh, is Pete and Chad's Acoustic Rock Show. It'll start at 8.30 p.m., and if you want to go, you can go to tanneryrowalehouse.com. Uh, you can make reservations by calling them at 678-765-8979. So the Chad in the show is Chad Stewart, the drummer from Faster Pussycat, and the Pete in the show is Pete Evick from Brett Michaels' band and my buddy. 
Uh, and you guys got together somehow and uh, formed this this acoustic sh- the band. How did this come about, Pete? Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, it was just a one phone call. I've known Chad for about 20 years. Chad used to play with um, Gilby Clark. Mm-hmm. from Guns N' Roses, yeah. uh, and we played together with my band, Evic, and Chad one night sat in and played a couple songs with our band, and uh, we've been buddies ever since, uh, and we've always talked about doing something together. Uh, originally, this was going to be uh, a three-piece with Eric Brittingham from um, Cinderella with us. It was actually his idea to do this in January, and then we went out and booked all the dates, and then something happened with Eric, and he wasn't able to do it, and me and Chad had already wiped our calendars and committed to doing this, so we we decided to go out and do it. And I think Eric will join us back in January. Keep going with us. That's so cool. Okay. So I've known you for a very long time and I've always said Evic. And when I saw you uh, a little while back when you were in Georgia, uh, uh, when Brett and you guys were playing it, but Sugar Hill, which was an awesome show, I, I he goes out and when he, you know, that's the first time I've ever heard him say your name properly how you just said it now i feel bad i've been mispronouncing it so there, there's no mispronouncing it i my side of the family has always said evic um and i there's other there's other parts of the family that say evic I, it doesn't you know what i am grateful that anyone would even mention my name or say it wrong <laughs> or right so it does it never matters to me man i i you can say whatever you want but i pronounce it evic okay well you, you should do the you know the Motley Crue dots, or maybe a line <laughs> over it, just so, just so we know. That. Would would that solve that problem? It would, yeah. It's 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 a it's it's epic. Ev, maybe, epic. maybe I'll do that. Yeah, maybe you'll do that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so that's I, I I thought faster isn't faster Pussycat still out on the road? Don't they still tour? All the time. That's it. Well, so that's the funny thing is Faster Pussycat is like us, the same thing, man. They're a machine. They're always out. They're always running. So it's a very unique situation that both them and us in the Brett band have December off. Brett normally runs us right up till Christmas Eve, and, and we're not doing that this year. Why not? Is he busy? Um, well, I don't know if you saw yesterday the announcement of the Live Nations uh, stadium. Uh, 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 amphitheater tour that we're doing um so we're headlining the amphitheaters next year including atlantis wow uh with night ranger as our uh opening act in jefferson starship as uh as the first act of the night and then we're doing brett's party girl concept that he's had a long time where we have special guests come in and sing with us all night long uh for instance when it, uh we're gonna have Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray join us on stage. We're gonna have Steve Azuri from uh, former singer of Journey join us on stage, uh, and uh, in every t- we're gonna have those two with us every night. And then with um, every town we're in, we'll have. Uh, someone from that area that has had some kind of giant success in the music business come and join us. Uh, you know, uh, I imagine when we're Atlanta, um, it, it won't actually be Atlanta based, but we would probably have uh, our good friend Edwin McCain from South Carolina come out and, and sing with us, or uh, maybe Sean Mullins, who's an Atlanta guy that we love a lot, or maybe the guys in Seven Dust, who knows, you know, but, th- but we announced that yesterday. And because of that, we uh, we can't the, the term inside the industry is eat up the markets, so we can't uh, we can't really play a lot of those areas until those dates because it's a Live Nation thing, and you know they make the rules. Yeah. What about Ed Rowland from Collective Soul? He'd be perfect. 
Oh, yeah. You know what? And we've played with Collective Soul a few times. That might actually be, you, you might have just, I'm going to make the calls when we get off the phone and, and see if that has been thought about yet. That, a lot of that stuff is not my, uh, it, unless they're my friends personally, I get to throw their name in the pot. But um, but everybody's thinking of everybody from different cities. So that that might be already, already came up. I know that uh, one of Brett's managers, Charlie, lives in Atlanta and books Collective Soul. So mm-hmm. maybe that name has already been thrown in the pot and I just wasn't made aware. I know Charlie. I've been to Charlie's house. Uh, Nate, that's where uh, you uh, went out and shot fireworks uh, with the lead singer Tesla. Oh, yep. I don't think I was there. Oh, he did. No, yeah, Nate did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't there. It was a, it was a party um, with the Collective Soul guys. I've known those guys for a very long time. Uh, yeah. The Sticks guys and Tesla. And we're, right. we were at Charlie's house. Yeah, because Charlie, Charlie manages Sticks. Yeah. Correct, yeah. And, uh, and, and then we're sitting there at a table. We weren't, like, overly drunk or anything, but the the lead singer for Tesla was sitting there singing along to a song on the jukebox. And then I think Nate, didn't you start dancing with them or something? And then you guys went and shot fireworks. And like the next day you're like, that was pretty fucking cool. You you know, Charlie was uh, at our show the other night that you were really. Yeah. Didn't even know that. Didn't even know that. Yep. He was, he was there. He was very incognito. He was, he was watching up from the soundboard. Nate, did I get that wrong? Uh, no, it was, yeah, Sticks and uh, Tesla, they just started jamming, and they I can't remember what they were playing. They are watching some, like, old home movies or something like that. And can I, I, guess, can I uh, ask the concept, forgive me for not understanding, but how come you're always in the office and he's always at the beach? Because he lives in Mexico, and I don't. I, I, I know, but... Ah, go ahead, go ahead. It makes me jealous every time I do your show, and I'm looking. I want to be. At, I want to be at the beach. You, Come on down. You, you, you're you're in the uh, you're in the shining soul headquarters right now with all of your candle potions lined up behind you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Those are actually the color dyes. The candle potions are all over there. In fact, I don't know if it's. I, I never show the secret sauce, but I'll spin this around, and all of that stuff is the potions. Ooh. Look at this! Look at this! Look at this! I got this on every video. The Pete Evick candle is on my table for every show. I got this. That's awesome, man! Hey, how about the show the other night? You guys had a good time, right? Let me tell you. So uh, it was. It's amazing to me. Like there are certain artists that have a blueprint for success and they're complacent enough. And I say that in a positive way to perform that understanding that that's, they know that's what the audience wants. You guys put the same energy and the same show together every single time year after year. It's amazing. And it's like you're at the very first show. Right. 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 You know, it's funny. It's, 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 me and Brett often talk about play every night like it's your first night and your last. Yeah. Well, you know, just like in radio, you're only, you know, you're only as good as your last show and all that good stuff. But it, it, to understand that you're not straying from the concepts. And right. when you play something to believe in or every rose has its thorn, understanding that that somebody in the audience is hearing this for the very first time. And That's they, right. That's and, right. And, and they don't want you to goof on it or play it differently. They want to go back to that breakup in, in, in 91 or 89. Yes, or exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, and some, yeah. And sometimes and, artists will play like especially their ballads and they'll goof around with it. And that pisses yeah. me off. I hate that. 
right <laughs> now there's there's sincerity and and Brett is always I mean he's grateful every day that the fans wherever they're in the first place and that they're still there all these years later. And that place is a beautiful place to have a, what a great atmosphere and vibe. Well, I, it, I don't, I mean, there's a lot of those places like that around the country, but that one was special. That's a really cool place, man. I had never been there before and uh, I was blown away. It's in Sugar Hill. It's like this, they call it the, the, the bowl, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the bowl. Yeah. And so, you know, the, we're at the show and, uh, I'm, 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 it's not a backstage, but I'm back there talking with Pete and Brett and Jana was there. I didn't know, realize it was Jana's birthday. You know, it was Jana's birthday. Right, that's right. And I hadn't seen her in, you know, like 17 years. I was like, well, how's your kid? And she's like, well, 17 now. I'm like, what? That's right. It's crazy, right? The time's gone by surprisingly fast. Yesterday, me and Brett were on Eddie Trump's show. Yeah. Eddie asked me on air. Pete, how long have you been in Brett's band? And I said, this is my 20th year. And as I said that, I saw the look in both Eddie and Brett's eyes. Like, they're like, you know, that, that, where did that time go? You know, I don't, I, I think that guy took a shot at me one time because uh, I, I, I broke the news that Guns N' Roses was getting back together before him. No, oh, he doesn't like that. And, 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 you know, and I know who the guy is and I've got mutual friends and, you know, I, I got no heat with the dude. I know he's very successful, very popular, and he's the voice of, you know, the hairband generation. And I get it. That's cool. Um, but, you know, I, I guess when, you know, all these different radio DJs were talking about it, they kind of had to mention me because in all the press releases and articles, yeah. it says, you know, Jason Bailey from the rock station in Atlanta broke the news, blah, blah, blah. And I never told anybody how I got the information. Um, and I never will, you know, but I was, I was spot on. I was right. And I got all the credit for it. And it was pretty badass. And people like Eddie Trunk were pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I get it. I get it. I mean, Ed, Eddie is the voice of that. He Ed, is. And he's here and he, belie he believes in it. But yeah, he, he, when, when, when you do what he does, you want to feel like you're privy to having that information before the rest. And, so, you know, it's a funny industry how that stuff works, to be honest with you. I, 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 the, the older I get, the more I learn that, that the, uh, the cutthroat of it, there's, there, it's never going to go away. There's a, mm. it's, always, it's always an uphill battle. <laughs> always an uphill battle. It's, it's sick. So the, the show, and, I, and I've, I talked about this right after the show. So the show, um, I, I get to meet the guys from Lit and Hoobastank. Uh, and I'd never, I'm a, such a huge Lit fan. And I, I, I'd never got to meet him. So I'm, I'm, I'm become friends with Taylor. I talk with, uh, with AJ and the lead singer. And when they came out and then the guitarist for Hoobastank, um, and then I went to their show the next night. I was going to ask, did you go? I did. It was remarkable. Like yeah. you, you had lit, you had Hoobastank, you had Anlin and farm and Chris from the Atari solo, Chris Rowe. And I'm a fan of every one of them. And you don't realize how many, hits they all yeah, yeah. they all have and it was a very small uh theater type of uh venue and and you know it was a couple on maybe a hundred or so and it wasn't packed it wasn't a big rock show type of vibe but all the acts such pros they treated it like they were in front of fifty thousand people sure sure it was great i get it well they're all pros uh, a, a, the, the guy Jeremy and, and AJ and uh, from from Lit are, are just super. I mean, it, it's it's funny. The Lit thing is is funny because uh, you know I, 
other than being in Brett's band, I've been uh, I, I I've been on the cover band circuit my whole life, and and I enjoy it. I'm one of those guys that even 20 years after playing with Brett and uh, you know four hit records and all this stuff, I still enjoy going out and playing three Saturday night cover music. I I love. I just love playing that, doing that part of the world and keeping my roots in that. And, um, uh, and so I was talking to, to the guys in lit and it's, it's, I don't know that anyone ever realizes the power of my own worst enemy. I mean, yeah. there's a million hit songs. There's a million smash hit songs, but every once in a while, there's this song that becomes a staple to a rock radio and be what I call the cover band world mm-hmm. and sweet home Alabama is the ultimate, you know, th- that's the joke. That's the cover band. You got to play sweet home Alabama. Well, after 20 some years, that lit song is one of those songs. My own worst enemy is a cover band requirement. And I, I was talking to him. I was like, did you ever really realize you were going to write the nineties version of sweet home Alabama, which is basically what they did. Wow. It, you can't, go in and see a cover band anywhere in the country and not expect that they're probably closing the night with that song. Right. There's, there's two factors to a song that lives forever. In my opinion, one, the guitar riff, how the song opens, you know, within a millisecond, what the song is. That's right. There's a handful of them. Lit is one of them. And I didn't realize that. I mean, until I heard it live and I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, that's in the same conversation as Sweet Child of Mine, you know, um, uh, as far as the guitar riff goes. And second, when you hear the title of the song in another song and you think of that song from the band. So that's right. Yeah. Linkin Park's Given Up has my own worst enemy in the song. Yeah, yeah. I think a lit, you know, so those yeah, are the two yeah. things, two factors. And great guys. Well, it was a great time to hang out with those guys out there. Oh, they were phenomenal. The nicest guys in the world. It, it, they were just the sweetest. And like I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm trying to get uh, AJ on, um, and we've been talking on social media, and 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 you know, and I had Taylor on uh, with uh, with RJ Hale and his new uh-huh. band uh, Chemical Fire. So I had those guys on. So it was a great connection. I appreciate it. Thank you. And how was Alien Ant Farm that night? Awesome. I'd never seen Alien Ant Farm. The, the lead singer is kind of an odd bird, isn't he? <laughs> They're great songs, though. Great that one songs. song they had, what was that first hit in the movies or whatever? Yeah. What a, what a great, great hook and a great song, man. And, of course, Smooth Criminal. But, I mean, they looked great. Here's the other thing is all the bands, uh, all the members of the bands, they all looked great. That's cool. Yeah. You know, they, they still, they look like they've matured, but they still look like rock stars. Good, good, yeah. You know, that's... I wish I could have stayed that night and gone and hung out, man. <laughs> I know, you guys were down in Florida the next night, weren't you? Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, yep. you're just yep. down in Florida. So, um, so you and Chad from Faster Pussycat, which I'm a fan. Uh, House of Pain is like you know story of my life, right? So you know, it's it's interesting. Is uh, that's in our set list? Oh, great. And um. It, it's a very emotional song for me. It's funny that you just said it's the story of your life, right? Yeah. So, so go, go ahead. I, I have an interesting 
maybe you might consider an interesting twist on a song, but go, go ahead with what you were going to say about it. Well, it's just the, you know, I grew up a bastard not knowing my biological father, you know, and the, not necessarily going through like, you know, if you know the lyrics of the song, obviously not you, Pete, but everybody else, where you're sitting out there waiting for dad to come home and that kind of thing. I didn't have to experience that, but, um, but dad wasn't there, let's just say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so I did have my father. He was in the home. My pa- my parents were married till uh, my mother passed away. And but my father was a workaholic and not a very uh, emotional guy. Uh, and he'd had five kids from another marriage before he married my mom and had me. And um, so when that song came out, I felt it too. It was weird to me that my dad lived in my own home, but I felt like I didn't have a father. Yeah. And it was incredibly emotional to me as a kid because I was a songwriter by that time and I was already invested in my career, but I was still young and in high school. And uh, so I was really tapped into lyrics. Lyrics were always super important to me. And it was, it was gut wrenching what that song made me feel like. So move forward uh, after I had my kids, and then I went through a divorce and spending my time on the road. Uh, you know, a lot of people think about that song "Cats in the Cradle" all the time. I, just, it, I was just getting ready to make the comparison. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this was the '90s versions of "Cats in the Cradle" in a lot of ways. Just right? getting ready yeah. to say that. God. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so after I had my children and realized I wasn't going to be around a lot, I couldn't even listen to that song for four or five years. Uh, it, it, and we would play with Faster Pussycat, and I would have to leave the room uh, because all I kept thinking was, my fucking kids are feeling this. My kids are going through. Mm. and and But I was there. I did every effort I could. Even after the divorce, uh, I, I, the kids would come out of the road with me. I never missed a holiday. I never missed a birthday. And if I was home, me and the wife had uh, joint 50-50 we had 50 50 custody and literally the second I would get off the plane, she would be at the airport with the kids and I wouldn't give them back to her till we, uh, till I left to go back on the road. And, but in my brain, I knew I was still not there all the time. And I was devastated thinking my children were growing up feeling this song. And as my son got older, the, the oldest son, Gavin, and got into music and started playing, um, he really got into Faster Pussycat. He loves him. He's he's been to see him a bunch of times, and uh, I I finally uh, I had to set him down and explain to him what this song means to me. And I said, now that you know the song and you're into it, I need to know. Do you do you feel this? Mm. Do you is, is this? And he was he was like, no, Dad, I've never thought that at all. You've been a great dad, which made me feel good. But then. Uh, me and him went to see Faster Pussycat one night, and I've never told any of those guys the story of this song. I've never told him what it means to me, and I find him off in the corner talking to him, telling him the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who sings it, you or Chad? Uh, you know what? So we, me and Chad have only played once together, and it was a big, loud, live rock show, like I said. Uh, we've never done an acoustic thing together. We've never rehearsed. We haven't even seen each other since we had this idea um and chad is an amazing singer i don't know i don't know if you guys know that uh his voice is incredible uh but i when we started this thing the idea was just that i was going to be the 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 uh lead singer but we've talked over the last couple weeks that he was going to sing some of them but 
I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to sing that one. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, so yeah. I'm actually going to do, do a live streaming concert every Tuesday night yeah. from my living room, and I'm going to do that one tonight to, to give it a practice go. <laughs> yeah, well, it should be interesting if you guys haven't rehearsed, practiced, or seen each other for tomorrow night at Tannery Row. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I got that. I, It'll be yeah. Fun. So, uh, Faster Pussycat, uh, it, it's Tamey Down, right? That's the lead singer, Tamey? Tamey Down, Tamey yes, Down. yeah. His first band... Do you know what the name of the first band that he had was? Oh, dude, I have no idea. Fill me in. Okay, so this is fun. I like to do this. It's called. They were called the Bondage Boys. The Bondage. Okay. The Bondage Boys. So yes. Faster Pussycat could have been the Bondage Boys at one time. So with that, it's, good, being, it's not. So well, I mean, you probably if you got used to the look, got used to the Bullet Boys, right? I mean, so you know, I get, right? I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I, I wrote down, or I found some other bands, their original name of very popular bands. So I'm going to do some trivia with you. You all can get oh, on this. Let's go. Let's go. All right. This will be I fun. Of this. All right. The band Muse, great band, right? Band Muse. Was their original band name A, Big Booty O's, B, Cruise, or C, Rocket Baby Dolls? Pete, anyone? I would have to say Cruise. All right, I'm Nate. Big booty O's. All right, big booty O's. And Nate? I'm going big booty O's also. Okay. It's actually Rocket Baby Dolls. No point. Wow. No I would have never guessed that. All right. I'm going to keep track here. Uh, Pete, Nate, Nikki. Okay. No points. By the way, that, this is a genius thing. Like, this is, you should do this every day. This, this, this bit. <laughs> I thought you would like it. You know, every time you come on, we, we bullshit about music. So I thought this would yeah. be fun. Uh, Radiohead. All right, Radiohead. Their original name was A, Record Player Feet, B, On a Friday, or C, Tom with an H. Pete? On a Friday. On a Friday. Nate? Tom with an H. All right. That's clever, is it not? Nikki? I chose Tom with an H, too. Uh, Pete gets the point. On a Friday. What was the first one you said? Record player feet? Yeah, it's not radio head. It's record player feet. <laughs> so I, I want to know where you're getting the wrong names from. I make them, I, I made them up. Yeah, I made them up. <laughs> You'll see a pattern as we continue, too. Uh, all right, so there we go. Muse Radiohead. The Beatles. Oh, the Beatles were not the Beatles originally. Were they A, the Smile Boys, B, Johnny and the Moondogs, or C, the Roaches? Pete? I would say Johnny and the Road Dogs. Moondogs. I say Road Dogs. Johnny dogs. and the Moondogs. All right, Nate? What was the second one? Johnny and the Moondogs. Oh, sorry. What was the first one? The Smile Boys. The Smile Boys. Okay, Nikki? I'm going to go with the Roaches. The Roaches. It's Pete, another point. Uh, Johnny and the Moondogs is the correct Just for the record, I had no idea. I'm winning this out of luck. Johnny and the Moondogs were the Beatles' original name. Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were first called A, Flaming Dr. Peppers, B, SoCal Pals, or C, Tony Flo and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem. Pete? I would say the the Dr. Pepper name. Okay. Nate? Tony Flo. Tony Flo. Nikki? SoCal Pals. SoCal Pals. Uh, Nate with a point, finally on the board. Tony Flo and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem. By the way, did you happen to watch uh, Anthony Kiedis on Joe Rogan recently? No. Was he on there? I didn't even know he was on there. 
you got to watch it, man. What an incredibly intelligent and and out there dude. He he he's what I think David Lee Roth wishes he was. <laughs> You can't go on Rogan without telling an alien story, right? So does he tell oh, us something about being abducted? Or it's amazing. That's all I got to say. If you check it out, going back to you, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's it fine. was so powerful that it's worth watching. No, that's fine. Just tell my audience to listen to another podcast, Pete. Please come back. Ah! Anytime. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the Great Black Sabbath. The Great Black Sabbath. Were they originally a the polka talk blues band? B, Black Sunday, or C, Dark Night Vomit? Pete? I, Black Sunday. Black Sunday. Nate? Uh, Black Sunday also. All right, Nikki? I want to go with A. A, the Polka Tuck Blues Band. That is correct. Nikki on the board. The Polka. Wow. The Black Sabbath was originally the Polka Tulk Blues Band. That's a tongue twister. All right, a couple left here. Goo Goo Dolls. Love the Goo Goo Dolls. Were Me they too. Uh, originally A, the Sex Maggots, B, Gaga Dolls, or C, Johnny's Boner Brigade? I feel like I feel like I do know this because I'm a giant Goo Goo Dolls fan. In fact, tomorrow night we will be playing Name. It's one of my favorite oh. songs of all time. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I feel like it was the Sex Maggots, but I, I maybe I. I I don't, that when you said that, I feel like I've heard that before, but I might be wrong. All right, Sex Maggots, uh, Nate. Yeah, sex maggots. Maggots. That sounds funny. All right, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, I was going with that one too. You all get a point. Yes, the sex maggots was correct. All right. Not the Gaga dolls. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> uh, two left. Green Day. A. Were they Yellow Knight? B. I like your mother. Or C. Sweet Children. Pete. What was the first one? Yellow Knight. Knight. Like N I G H T. The opposite of day. I don't know any of the... Oh, I get your little pitch. Um, what was the second? Tell me them again. Yellow Knight, I Like Your Mother, or Sweet Children? Sweet Children. All right, Nate? Sweet Children. All right, Nikki? Yellow Knight. Uh, both Pete and Nate get a point. Sweet Children is the answer. It's, when I say sweet children, I just see Billy Joe's face. I see like, I feel like he would name a band that. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We are sweet children and we're ready to rock your melty face off. <laughs> All right. The last one here, Nirvana. They weren't Nirvana at the very, very beginning. They were A, who cares? B, big league chew or C, pen cap chew. Pete? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? What a great band name, right? Who cares? It is a great name. Oh, brilliant. Nate. Uh, pen Cap Chew. All right. Nikki? Who cares? Uh, Nate with the point. Pen Cap Chew is the answer. But Who Cares <laughs> is a great band name. A great name. Uh, it's tied between Pete and Nate. Congratulations. So Do we have a tiebreaker? Uh, I wish we did, but unfortunately I was too stupid to... <laughs> come up with an odd number actually if i i have a tiebreaker question but i've win because i know the answer yeah that's not fair um let me see do, if you I... know, do you know what kiss's original name was uh i do if you tell me because that was on the list no oh, it was fuck that was the name of the original band and they they brought it they they softened it down to kiss uh, was it really? I didn't know it was fuck. I thought it was something else, but yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. See, let me see if I can pull this back up. And Van Halen's original band name? 
Oh, that's your band. Who? What was it? Mammoth, which now oh, his Mammoth. son has taken. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's neat. He got some heat for that too, right? Originally. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfie can't do anything right. He's in a predicament. He's in a predicament. He's going to be loved and hated on both ends for the rest of his life. <laughs> poor, we we interviewed him uh, on the radio show. Um, unfortunately, I had to. You know, my partner ruined it, but um, <laughs> he was. Uh, it was very quiet, very subdued. You know, it's like I, I, I actually felt so uncomfortable doing it because you have to ask him about his father and his father just passed. And it's like, yeah. you know, I just I just felt bad. I really did the whole time. Uh, all right. I here, didn't know. I, oh, go ahead. Uh, all right. Here we go. I'll give you another one. This will be the tiebreaker between Pete and Nate. All right. Here we go. The band Creed. All right. Were they A, the Great Depression, B, Naked Toddler, or C, Apollo's last name? Pete? Uh, tell me the first one again. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I would say the name was Naked Toddler. Naked Toddler. All right, Nate? Well... <laughs> I want to go with that one too, but I can't do that. I guess uh, I'll, I'll do the third one. Yes, you lose. It is naked toddler, though. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a process elimination because the last one was it, was it, Jason's Creed name or whatever. I, I finally caught on to it. Yeah, uh, Apollo's my la- Apollo's uh, my first name. <laughs> so you're you're a big Udo's fan, huh? Oh yeah. So it's funny because. Um, we were talking about the name, you know, from the City of Angels soundtrack. Oh, Iris is City of Angels. I mean, Iris. I was talking about Iris not that long ago. It came on. I was in the car. I'm listening to the radio. It comes on. And I was like, God, this might be one of the best and one of the last really good true love songs that was ever done. Because the so, 80s, 80s was full of ballads. And then the 90s. Yeah. Eh, da, da, da. So, so I have an incredibly interesting story about Iris. At the time, um, my band, Some Odd Reason, was signed to a record label called Soul Three Records, and my lawyer in New York City was a guy named Ron Beanstock, which was uh, also represented the Goo Goo Dolls. And um, we were really working on trying to develop me as a songwriter, uh, kind of the Butch Walker story. I wanted to be what Butch Walker became, mm. you know, uh, there's an Atlanta guy that, that might be who we bring out on stage. Um, but, um, we were really focusing on trying to get me gigs, writing songs with people and stuff like that. And, um, just to, my, my lawyer had become one of my best friends at the time. And we were just trying, I was, I was 25 years old and we were just trying to establish at that point, in the music business, it was the 80s thing had happened and uh, it scared everybody. The, the death of the eighties had happened. So the, the theme or theory behind developing career in the music business changed. And if you got a record deal, there was always talk about, what else to do, not just focusing on your band, what else, be a songwriter, be a producer. I was part of that world where everyone was always trying to put their hands in a bunch of different pots. And um, so anyway, uh, if you remember the story, Johnny having such success with the song Name basically caused him to have a giant writer's block. Do you remember all this? No, I don't. 
Okay, so he name was so different than all the early Goo Goo Dolls, three-piece punk rock stuff, and he had such huge success with it. And you can look this all up and everything. He had writer's block. He couldn't... He The world was waiting for that next Goo Dolls record now that they had name. And I guess their second single... They, well, Long Way Down was a single off the record, and then name was the big breakout song. And then they had a Slide. song naked after that yeah. um, but he couldn't write he he retreated into himself and he couldn't write and so my lawyer had hooked me up with a writing session with johnny oh and it was like the day before i was supposed to go and he wrote iris oh and it was me and like three other dudes from that were uh, breaking out at that time and and he wrote it, and, and we got the call, and says, "Hey, the writer blocks over. We're not going to have any writer sessions." And uh, I mean, I was I, to me back then that was a that was going to be the biggest day of my entire career. There was nothing better than that. I was going to sit in a room with Johnny and, and and try to write a song. But then he wrote Iris, and and all of us had to go home. <laughs> did did Slide come out after Iris? Yeah, Slide yes. came out after. Yes. That was a good song. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote Iris and it wrote on that City of Angels soundtrack. And then the next record was uh, Dizzy Up the Girl that had uh, all that stuff. It had Iris, or it had Iris, it had um, Black, Black Balloon, Balloon. and yeah. it had Slide. And, and um, there was one other one that all had that similar jangly, acoustic y feel to it that, you know, the formula that started with name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Names a day. So when our show tomorrow night, uh, part of the element of the show is that every single song, it's all, it's all covers. Um, but every single song we're, it's kind of a timeline event. So to be honest with you, I start in 1978 with a kiss song. Oh. And then the next song is 1979. And it's a Van Halen song. And I do one song from every year up until like 92 or 94. And I tell a story of what, that particular song meant to me and how it changed my life and how important it was. So every song is very emotional to me that we're doing in this set. And, uh, and names name was a very powerful song to me. It was a very emotional song because if you listen to the lyrics, it's about, it, it's about someone that this is going to sound stupid because it has nothing to do with what the song's about, which is great art. A great song is something that whatever you wrote it about, someone else can, make it about what they want it to be about in their own brain you know what i mean and if you listen to name name is the song about somebody it's a fall from grace it 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 is about someone that had some kind of success of something in their life and then all of a sudden they lost it That, that you know and in my brain back then I related it to, it was about David Lee Roth. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's lonely where you are, come back down. I won't tell your name. I just kept picturing, you know, cause at that time, David had booked a club tour and uh, the club tour got canceled for lack of interest. David Lee Roth. Wow. And I don't know that ever made the news, but I was scheduled to open on some of those dates was the only reason I ever got the news that the tour never, there's, he did a couple dates somewhere you can find online for the, your filthy little mouth tour. And it got canceled. And every time I would hear the lyrics to name, I would just relate it to Dave was the biggest star in the fucking world. And, uh, and he fell from grace and I would always just in my brain, cause you know, I'm such a big Van Halen fan. Right. I would, I would relate it to that. But then the lyric in that, the there's this most the most powerful lyric in the world for guys our age is um you grew up way too fast and there's nothing to believe the reruns all become our history yeah. but 
what a powerful statement to the generation of, of TV watchers. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I've got, yeah. Uh, I've got their picture up there. They're signed. They signed. I remember when they came into the studio back in the day, day. And, yeah. And I think, they, I think they think they did Iris actually at that time. Wish I had the recording of that. That'd have been pretty cool. I would love to hear that. Well, Such a hard song to cover too. I've tried it my whole life. It's a, it's in it's a three, four time signature and he tunes the guitar really weird. It's an incredibly creative song and you can go online and look at a bunch of youtubers doing acoustic versions of it and, and amen to everybody in their art uh it, it's a terrible song to try to do by yourself acoustic <laughs> <laughs> well you know if you're looking for somebody terrible to help you out when you guys do the stadium tour uh in atlanta don't forget i'm always available to come out and sing with you guys you know you're, are you coming tomorrow night Yes, I'm coming tomorrow night. Yeah. Are you going to sing tomorrow night? No, I won't do that because I don't do acoustic. I do loud oh. noises and barely hear my voice, guy. <laughs> I guess. What if we do a Pantera acoustic song? Uh, and just, you know, we just want me to scream. Just scream. Do Motorhead Ace of Spades and I can come out there and I'll just, ah, ah, ah. I bet you, I bet you me and Chad would do that. <laughs> uh, it was funny because, you know, when. You know, Brett brought, just like he normally does, he brings everybody, you know, the, the special guests to come out at the end and, and sing nothing but a good time. And I, I learned my lesson from some years ago is don't put yourself on the same stage as numerous people that are way more important than you. Right? <laughs> because, you know, I embarrassed myself that one time. I always bring it up, you know, when I went out with Poison and whatnot. And, and this is years and years and years ago. So this, I'm going, okay, so you've got the lead singer of Lit. You've got a couple other the guy, like uh, I think some of the- Ubastank. Uh, yeah, you got the guitarist from Ubastank. You got Taylor, you know, the drummer for Lit that came out. Then a couple of the guys, like their merch guy was way cool, and then their uh, guitar tech guy was real cool. So, you know, they were just kind of out there filming do the thing. But AJ from Lit is out there just crushing. You know, like he knows Owning it. Just owning it. Owning it was like the coolest collaboration because I'm thinking, I'm going back to when I was out there doing it. Not that I didn't know every single word, but Brad Arnold from Three Doors didn't know any of the words. And, <laughs> and he was so high that he didn't even know what was going on. He just had his hat <laughs> down and he's doing his thing. So I'm like thinking that not all these artists are going to know poison songs. So afterwards, I remember saying to uh, AJ, I was like, I was like, God, you crushed that. You knew, you know, all the words. That was awesome. I was so happy to see that. And he goes, bro, I grew up on this shit. He goes, yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's funny. It's funny. So did Brad. We just played with three doors down a few weeks that next night, the next night after we left, yeah, I saw as we went down and, and played with, um, with three doors down. And, uh, Brad is a poison fan, but, but, he knows what he knows. Brad, he, Brad is a Poison fan now, and he yeah. knows what he knows, and I'm going to take all the credit in the world for that because every time <laughs> I talk to him, I bring up that story. He didn't know a line from nothing right. but a good time. Right. And That's funny. I think since then, he's made it a point to memorize it, to be honest with you. <laughs> so we uh, – that that kind of stuff happens a lot. Last week, Josie from Saliva got oh, up with us. Love Josie. Josie's great. At, Josie's so great. He gave me a ring actually. It was very. It was very. Uh, two years ago, we saw him. Right. Well, right before the pandemic, pandemic, we saw him, and uh, he brought uh, he brought Brett this ring, and I said, "Man, that's a cool ring." And I didn't think he'd think much of it. And when he came last week, he brought me one. But uh, Josie's great. I love Saliva a lot, and. Um, but uh, we did Sweet Home Alabama, oh, that's and awesome. we brought and we brought him up for Sweet Home Alabama, and he, he he forgot it. Like he 
for some reason he went blank up on the stage and forgot. I mean, everyone knows some of the words to Sweet Home Alabama. Right. They know Sweet yeah. Home Alabama. Yeah, I mean, he did that's it. it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get people up. I mean, you know, that's it. That's Brett. Brett loves to bring people up and invite them on stage and play and stuff. And it, it's interesting when you see. And a lot of times though, they're super confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to do it. We'll be up. We'll do nothing but a good time, or we'll do this or that. And then they get up and they realize that moment where, oh, I really, I really don't know that song. Well, well, Brett screws you up because you know he changes. Uh, he, he says, uh, you know, uh, raise a toast to all of us who are busting our. Ba- uh, the, the lyrics are busting our butts every day, but he says yeah. busting our ass in concert. So he throws, yeah. you, he throws you off when you do it live. You got to you got to you got to keep up, kids. Got to keep up. Sure, you gotta, you gotta, sure, you, sure. You got to keep up. But anyway, so I I, uh, I think Taylor was like, "Come on, man, we're going up." And I go, "No, no, 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 no." I'm watching this one. For, I'll be stage right. I'm good. He goes, yeah. "No, come on, we're all going up." I'm like, "There's no place for me up there. I learned my lesson. I'm not. I'm not intoxicated. I'm done. I'm done." You know, you know what's funny is Brett himself will tell you the exact same story. In, in his own shoes, he often relates to the times where him and Charlie Sheen were like best friends uh-huh. and hanging out. And he will often talk about uh, he learned his place. If they were going somewhere with Charlie, it was Charlie was the guy. Uh-huh. And and even though he was Brent Michaels and and at the time was already a huge star when they were doing like, you know, they would go to movie premieres or anything in Charlie's world. Just sit back and let Charlie be the star. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's a lesson to learn. It's a lesson to learn to know when it's your moment and when it's not. Yeah, that was not my moment's gone. It's passed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that. Uh, but anyway, all right. So look, uh, tanneryrowalehouse.com. That's the website. If you're out of podcasting for us too, Halliversary, you've been there. You had a good time. It's in Buford. Um, if you want to go, you just need to call Tannery Row, make reservations, 678-765-8979. It's Pete and Chad's Acoustic Rock Show. Also, don't forget, Christmas time, if you're looking for a really good Christmas prize for somebody, Pete's candles are awesome. Really, really cool. ShiningSoul.com. That's Soul, S-O-L. Dot com sol shining sol.com that's awesome and are you flying in from mexico to come to our show tomorrow <laughs> yep i'm gonna be there <laughs> I'll, be at, I'll be at the beer stand right <laughs> all right brother i'll see you tomorrow night thanks for coming on talk to you soon pete hey, hey thank you so so much man thank you hold up wait a minute let's hear from our sponsors Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com.
Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide-format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project. will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Any of you guys watching the World Cup? Probably yep. big in Mexico, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, huge. It's crazy to me. I'm not a soccer fan. And if you are, that's fine. I've got no problem with it. But I just, it's not my thing. How many people can sit there in such a large stadium and watch a sport that to me is kind of boring and be louder than any other sport crowd audience that exists consistently like from start to finish they don't stop they're nuts and all they're watching are dudes run up and down a soccer field and kick a ball very rarely do they score goals it's football right most popular sport but it's the same thing with american football like it's so boring that, or I mean, the the scoring is so low they have to multiply it by seven just to make it the scores higher. I mean, if you really took away the points, you're only scoring two, three points the whole or touchdowns the whole game. I wonder why they do that. I wonder how they came up with the scoring in the NFL. That's a good point. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to it. Yeah, um, like six is such a random number. But like, yeah, we're gonna touch on be six points. But they're different. <laughs> but there are different points. There's different points. Like in soccer, there there's only one way to get a point. In football, there are numerous ways to get points. Three points for field goals. Yeah, one for an extra point, six for a touchdown, two for a safety. You know, uh, they probably do that to prevent ties. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to come up with a point system. Like somebody has to sit there and go, six is the number. That's what we're going to do. Six. <laughs> but you know, so anyway, this World Cup, you know, it's, it's everywhere, um, and they, and they go to Qatar. That's where they're at, Qatar. And there's a lot of controversy over Qatar. Qatar's in the Middle East. It's a it's a Muslim-run country, um, and you know they they have all their Muslim traditions. And there's a question of how they treat people, especially people that are gay, and how they treat women. And you know it's the whole Muslim thing that that we're we're used to all the all these years of listening to. And you know so that's why you saw the rainbow flag waving protester running out onto the pitch. 
they also had Save Ukraine. I mean, this is a great opportunity as the world's, it's not just one country's eyes, it's the world's eyes are on these games to make a protesting statement. Right. Now, I would hate to see what happens to those people afterwards in Qatar because I'm assuming their rules are a little bit different. Than a lot different. <laughs> than how you would be treated in, in America. But just to watch the excitement from this crowd, it's like nothing else in the world exists when this soccer match is on. I say this in a positive way for soccer fans, by the way. Don't get it twisted like I'm beating up on the sport. I just don't understand it, nor could I ever experience it because I couldn't get into it. Well, you could. You just got to get into it. I mean, you, you love football, but you don't really watch college football. It's just what your preference is. So you, I think if you started watching it, you'd get into it. Because the excitement is, it's kind of like like hockey. Like hockey is very exciting and fast-paced and stuff, but they don't score a ton. You know, a lot of times the score is two to three or whatever, but it's continuous. And that's the same thing with soccer. Soccer fans think American football is super boring because it takes – three and a half hours to play a game that should take like 60 minutes. Um, it's stopping in between and there's the commercial breaks. There's none of that in soccer. It's always going and it's, it's pretty fast paced. There's no commercial breaks. Mm-mm. Just no. for, um, just for halftime. Well, what yeah, they, what, what they do is, is actually uh, is, is pioneering and trend setting because you see now other sports doing the picture in picture, but also with the, um, the uh, ad boards around the pitch is that's where they get their sponsorship money. So yes, they're losing a lot of broadcast money without having commercials. There's no doubt about that, but the way that they make up for at least a percentage of it is around the pitch. They have the, they're called ad boards and you sell that advertisement. So those ads um, I'm assuming they're selling people, you know, gazillion people are watching this. They're going to see your ad on the ad board. I know people are very excited about it because at my job, it's on on the TV. And a lot of our housekeepers are Hispanic. So uh, one of them, he stood over there at the TV and vacuumed in one spot for like 30 minutes. So he could watch (laughs) the game. game. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's one of the only sports that look like... Almost literally every country plays. Very other, oh. very few other sports. Every country on the planet plays. Yeah. Well, the, football would be very low on that list. You know, they're they're trying to make the NFL an international sport. I mean, they were just in Mexico for the first time, and it was huge. You know, yeah. Internationally, people love the NFL just because they don't have it, and, and they've been starved of it. So when they see it, I bet you it'd, it'd be interesting to interview people. You know, like in Mexico, as they walked away from that game and go, so what would you really think of it? And you're like, eh, eh, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, was, it was fine. It was cool. Well, and it, it's mainly because soccer is a cheap sport that almost anybody can play. All you need is yeah. a ball or something that looks like a ball. You know, football, you got to have the cleats and the pads and the helmet and the balls and all this other stuff. It's too expensive for people to play worldwide. Yeah, you're very right. Very true. That's uh, soccer is a very inexpensive uh, sport to play. Uh, you know, I mean, even cheerleading. Like my daughter does cheerleading. Shit's fucking expensive. Don't tell me about it. Like the, <laughs> the schools, what they charge. They, you know, they charged four hundred. No, eight hundred dollars. It's either four or eight hundred dollars for an ad in the yearbook. 
You know, like back you know, when we were in school, mm-hmm. you would get a page and you could put things on the page. Like $75. Yeah, your mom would, you know, say, we love you. We're so proud of you, the person that you become. And they put baby pictures and embarrass you. It was like 50, 75 bucks. Yeah. It was either 400 or $800. It was obscene. Did you guys get one? Y- yeah, I guess. I, I mean, that's what I was told. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Rachel was bitching about it the other night. And I I didn't even ask if we got it. I just assumed that we did, you know, just because you, you don't want to miss out, right? It's a senior year. You know, she doesn't understand it now, but I, I told Ariel, I'm like, it's like a wedding video. You'll pick it You'll up look once. Back at it though. once, you know, yeah. your, your class ring. You'll never wear it. She's like, I wear it every day. Yeah. Up until you graduate. I lost my, you know, and then you're done. Nobody wears yeah, their same high school graduate college. Yes. Yeah, so high school. No. Yeah. Well, same and same thing with like your letterman jacket. Oh like, yeah. You can't wear that in college. I still you're a douche if you wear that. I still have mine. Didn't you wear yours for uh, something the other, not that long ago, Nate? Halloween. No. Didn't you dress up like a cheerleader or something? Oh yeah. When you did your, your oh, you class, went to the reunion, class reunion, you wore it. You, you put douche. it on for your class reunion. Oh yeah, I just took a picture with it though. I'm not oh. fucking wearing it to like, like that was that was the thing when you went to like community college and you'd see people wearing their Letterman jackets still, and you're like, oh man, still living the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Rudy going to the community college wearing his Notre Dame jacket. Yeah, fucking pissed me off throughout that entire movie every single time. Do you, do you know why Iran was pissed at us? It was over a tweet in the World Cup. Do you know the whole story behind that? Oh no. Um, they wanted us disqualified. It was something about the flag. It was like we changed a flag or something like that. I don't know. I'm asking you. I don't know. The oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I didn't, I didn't read into it too much. It was something like we had, I thought it was something along the lines of the same thing we did with, uh, like you were saying with the tennis tournaments and we weren't showing Russia's flag. Um, I thought it was something like that, but uh, yeah, I'll have to look into it, but it was something to do with a flag. I thought. No. It's right. yeah, it, it said that they changed the Iranian flag on social media to show support for protesters. What they changed it to, I'm not sure. So that's why Iran wants us thrown out because we changed their flag. Yeah, they hate everything that we do. They, <laughs> <laughs> those people fucking hate us. They're like, take, take you and your freedoms and your gays and your women and just die. <laughs> uh, the Japanese players pulled a really class move is they uh, the Japanese fans after their match cleaned up the stadium and then the Japanese players after their match, I don't even know if they won or not, they left the locker room, locker room immaculate. They cleaned it up. Wow. Isn't that, I mean, that's, that's Japanese nice. culture though, right? I mean, yeah. to, to, you know, be hospitable and, and, and be appreciative and thankful and clean up after yourself and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, well, and I thought that was the the fans. They were cleaning up the stands. Both the fans, the, oh, the, the Japanese fans, cleaned up the stands, and then they showed pictures on Twitter of the locker room and how they left it, and they left it immaculate. Oh, nice. They left it like they found it. See, I'd be pissed if I was like the the people working in Qatar that that got hired to clean up the stadium. And be like. Bitch, I was getting to it. It has like 70,000 <laughs> seats. Give me a second. God. Game just ended. Jesus. Making me look bad, bro. I'm getting my head copped up. I get paid, by, I get paid by the hour. What the fuck? <laughs> so what is the controversy with the World Cup? So Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, and others have in general condemned Qatar 
for its religious ideology and migrant workers' exploitation. Human rights posed questions about unfair labor practices, including overwork and underpay issues. It's funny how no one ever questions our country about underpaid or, you know, (laughs) those kinds of things. Uh, Now, we're not getting five cents an hour either, but I get it. Uh, Qatar has been slammed for its uh, criminality of homosexuality and its treatment of women. And we all know this story, right? Who have limited rights inside the country. Seven European countries plan to wear armbands that read one love while playing a symbol while playing, uh, which is a symbol of the LGBTQ community and support for them. Mm. If you're homosexual and you live in Qatar, it's not a good place for you to be. It was somewhere yeah. over there. I remember we did a news story maybe some years back in one of those countries over there where the guy was uh, gay. And remember they caned him in the middle like of the mall or something, the square over there. Remember we did that news story? Uh, I don't remember that, but they do it all the time. There was a woman that was just flogged uh, because she cheated on her husband. Oh, that happens all the time. The story of Sarah Sarai. I think that's what it was. That's what opened my eyes to what happens over there. They stoned her to death. And and an old friend of mine back in uh, the 90s, her roommate, uh, this was a huge story. It was like 96, I think. Her roommate was caned. And this was in the Philippines, I want to say, though, for like stealing gum. Ooh. Yeah, and it was a big story. She they, they both actually worked at Universal at the time, and they ran uh, King Kong, which no longer exists, Universal. But it was a big story. Like, it literally got caned, and then set him on his way, came back. That's why you have to learn the rules and customs in these countries <clears throat> when you go into them, because it doesn't matter where you're from. You're, gonna, you're going to face their justices. I don't know. I think if there's anything that could make me not gay, it would be to be gay living in Qatar. <laughs> yeah. Change who you are. <laughs> You're just gonna hide it the best way you can. Like I could, I could adapt, right? I could find, I could find a way to be, or at least publicly, not gay. You know, so like I would find a woman. I would just have butt play instead. And just, you know, hopefully find a woman with short hair. That you know, does not work. Gay men can't <laughs> find women and just play with their butt and be attracted to them. That's not how it works. Well, what if a woman transitions, why not? Same thing. What do you mean if she transitions? If you find a woman that has male qualities, male, you know, looks kind of manly and <laughs> talks kind of man. I mean, there's got to be a couple of them over there, right? Short hair. Well, you're not seeing their hair anyway, right? Because they're all under burkas. So... Like, if you just kind of brainwash yourself to think it's a dude, save your life, right? You don't have to die. And inside, you can, you know, be gay as you want, but... (laughs) Be gay inside. (laughs) Yeah, find one with a hairy back or something. Exactly. You know, find a, you know, just one that's kind of ambiguous, you know, Pat or Chris. No, sounds silly. That's not how it works. (laughs) Or something like that. Uh, How did Qatar get chosen for the World Cup? That's a great question. Here's the answer. The selection was announced in 2010 after a series <coughs> excuse me, of votes by uh, FIFA, right? It's FIFA? Yes, FIFA. FIFA. FIFA officials. Qatar won uh, over bids by the U.S., South Korea, Japan, and Australia. Over the years, various officials, both from FIFA and other organizations, have been accused of accepting uh, or soliciting bribes to guide the World Cup to Qatar. 
So there's a little uh, hanky-panky going on there. Yeah, like there has to be something. You're choosing a, for the most part, third-world country that in the eyes of the world is not the best place as far as what they do and how they treat people over going to the United States, South Korea, Japan, and Australia. Like even if you take the United States out of the equation, you still would rather go to South Korea, Japan, and Australia. It's just going to be nicer. Who the fuck wants to travel to Qatar? Yeah, I mean, if you're a gay, yeah, I mean, if, you're, I wouldn't if, you're, if you're a gay woman and you want to go see the World Cup, you're not going to Qatar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that w- probably doesn't make sense, but it, I, I don't think they're looking at that. I, I don't think it was a good decision. I do think that it was uh, it was paid off, but Qatar is not a poor country. Qatar is a, an extremely wealthy country. They're they're right by Saudi Arabia. They have tons of mo- money and oil and, and things like that, so... But but they, they, but they paid off paid it off with that money maybe. But their 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 economic system is very much like Egypt or Central America, where there's a rich and there's a poor. There's no not a, there's not I a middle know. there's not a middle class. I don't, I don't know I I don't know enough about Qatar's economy to to say that. Well, most of those countries are like that. You know, America is one of the very few countries that have a middle class. You know, and I mean, there's an argument in the United States about our middle class, of course, which is another conversation. But, you know, that remember during the Arab Spring, back in the early, mid-2000s, like 2008, 2009 or something, um, you know, that was the argument. It was that you have the rich and then you have the poor. It was one of the arguments. Uh, Venezuela, Brazil, you know, the Central American um, countries uh, are, are, are very much like there's the rich and then there's the poor. So I'm assuming that's what Qatar is like, too. You, know, you got the wealthy, all the oil money. There was some, I saw a story of the wealthiest person, the wealthiest family in the world. They're Arabs. They have so much money. It's obscene. Like, they have an $850 million yacht that's the size of a football field. Just, yeah, that that's the, the royal family of Qatar, I believe. I think I read that, too. Well, then they're the richest people in the world. That's who. That's what the story yeah. was. Yeah, it's, Qatar is the third richest country on the planet. Because of their oil. Yeah. No, because of their oil. Yeah, and I'm sure that we've got some shady shit going on. But uh, look up the, the economic classes. It was probably well, a rich the, the poor. Well, the difference is is they, they have a, a class system where, like, you're born into a certain class and things like that. So I don't think it's something that you can move in and out of like we can. No, right, exactly. Iraq was the same way. You know, I mean, you had the rich and you had the poor, you know, um, and, and, and so it kind of sucks for those people. I wonder how much a ticket is the World Cup. Anybody know? Let me see. What's the Qatar money? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Qataris? Qatarians? I don't know. <laughs> Qatarlers? Uh, well, what is, what's Saudi Arabia's money? Do they use the same thing? I don't think they use the dollar. Uh, it's called a Qatari Riel, R-I-Y-A-L, Qatari Riel. What it, what is it versus the dollar? Um, let me see. Like how much is one yeah. U.S. dollar? Is it better than uh, peso? Maybe you need to move to Qatar. Uh, one Qatari Riel is uh, 27 cents in the U.S., Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. 
So if you were a non-Qatar resident, uh, World Cup tickets were $205.69. If you were a resident, you had to pay $603.36. But U.S. dollars? Yep. Yeah. So that's a lot of Qatari money. Yep. Yeah. You know, my favorite Qatar resident is Slash. I love him. He plays a good, <laughs> he's a good one. He's a good guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people who went and worked over there. When I first got out of the military, if you were a correctional officer, they were paying you six figures to go work over in Qatar. To do what? The same thing, be a correctional officer over there. And their jails? Mm-hmm. I bet you their jails are weird. <laughs> but I, no, no, no. We weren't working in their jails. We were working on whatever the U.S. Um, facilities were. Oh, so gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just, you're contractors. Contractors, yep. Yeah. Well, a lot of that happened after the Gulf War. And mm-hmm. you know, I had buddies do that too. They made sick money, stupid money. That Blackwater stuff, you go over there, make tons of money. Tons and tons yeah. and tons of money. Um, well, anyway, we'll go U.S. World Cup. Hope you all win. Have we ever won it before? No, no, no the women have. The uh, the men have not. Oh, was that the ham years? Yeah, I think yeah, it was like yeah, early two thousands, maybe. And the chick from UCF was on that team. Uh, I don't remember yeah. that. There was a girl from UCF that was on the team. She was the uh, non-attractive curly-haired girl. Am I just spewing out bad information again? Uh, <laughs> probably, but uh, the women have won uh, four world titles, uh, World Cup championships. Yeah, Google UCF female soccer player World Cup. UCF female soccer player. Yeah, and you'll see it. Almost positive. Remember, it was a big deal, like 96, 98. Possibly. Uh... There's one in 2019. No, way before that. She was part of that, like, really, you remember, remember that the men's team, too, where it had Alexi Lawless and and uh, Colby, whatever his name was? They were cool. They were really cool. Yeah, yeah it was, like, mid-'90s. Yeah, it was, like, Yeah, so, Colby Jones. Colby Jones, that dude was awesome, like, just to watch that guy play. I don't care about soccer, but that's, the, to me, the last time I remember that being a thing, it was pretty cool. Try anything? Female UCF? No. We'll probably keep it off Google now. <laughs> it's yeah. not there. The 2019, <laughs> like Nate said, some girl named Michelle Akers, 2018. But no. No. She's on there. Trust me. I can't. Can you overdose on uh, cough drops? You're, I definitely don't think you should be eating as many as you're sitting here eating. What do you think they're doing? <clears throat> giving you a new throat? So here's what I'm trying to I'm trying to learn not to chew them. Because my wife's like, they don't do anything if you chew them. So I forget not to chew them, and then when you like you crack it, it's done. So I gotta suck on it. So you gotta practice sucking. That's what you're doing right now. I do. Remember that story <laughs> about my best friend bracelet? Yeah. <laughs> this is how I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight uh, could be the last football game of my daughter's high school career, mm. as they go into tonight's a semifinal match, and if they win, then they go to state. And we were having this debate over Thanksgiving when we were eating amongst the entire family. Is it you're going to state or you're going to states? State. State, singular. Singular. Nate? Singular, yes, state. I agree. And they kept saying states. Like her sister kept saying states. And it drove me nuts. I finally had to speak up. 
I think that I have heard that a lot. I think that's a more rural thing. And I think it's the same people that say Kroger's and, uh, and things like that. They just had S's on things for no reason. Rural or urban? No rural. Like, Hey, we're going to States, man. We're going to make it up there. We're going to qualify this year. Oh, okay. All right. Well, at least in Iowa, that's how it was. Cause all the kids from the little kind of podunk schools, they'd all say going to States and we would call it state, like oh. a state tournament. It's not the state's tournament. It's oh. one state. Well, they won last week. Uh, it was a hell of a game. Probably one of the best football games I've ever seen. These kids that they played were good. Really, really good. Big players. And like, I almost saw a fight with some parents uh, because some of their parents were on our side. And this black lady that was on our side was sitting there by herself. And she's arguing with this other black lady. And... I got to say, you know, here's the thing. Black women can argue and nothing happen. <laughs> what do you mean? White, white people start throwing punches within like 10 mean? or 15 seconds. Like th- these women argued for a quarter and a half. I mean, yelled at each other, like said things that were fighting words. And I was blown away that nothing happened. I'm going... Holy shit, the things that these women are saying, and then the guys, I mean, it was like this one woman, and there was another woman behind her, an older grandmother lady that got into it, and she's like in her ear screaming, the other one's like, I don't want to hear that shit, you're just fucking ugly and poor, and I'm like, (laughs) oh my god, and they went at it for a quarter and a half, and nothing nothing ever happened, and so, I, I, you know, I was curious, you know me, so I got up and walked in that direction, and as I'm walking, because I had to use the restroom, so I could have gone another way, but I went that way because I just wanted to kind of feel the vibe. I wanted to see. I Be get involved in the drama. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like I need. I a hate bl- people. I hate drama. <laughs> I need a. Let bl- me go walk through it though. <laughs> I, I I need a uh, I need a black cloud. Uh, so I'm gonna go over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> gonna dive on that grenade. <laughs> so I'm walking down there, and this. Uh, I, I'm not looking at them. I'm, I'm just looking for it. And I hear loudly, almost like someone screaming at my ear, you're going to hear that more tonight, I'll tell you that. Talking about their fight song, because they had just scored. Mm. <laughs> so I turned to my right, and it's this you know skinny black guy. He's probably probably about my age. Looked older, but probably about my age. And, uh, and I said, what's that? And not that I was trying to start anything, but I just said, you know, that was my first reaction. What's that? He goes, I'm just saying, you're going to be hearing that fight song a lot more. I said, your boys are good, man. They're 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 a really good team. You guys should be very proud. I was like, that number eight's a beast. He plays the position really well. He's sophomore, sophomore, sophomore. Hey, Derek Jones, you know, something like that. I'm like, yeah, he's good, man. He's good. He's he's gonna have a good career. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But I diffused it, you know, because I said I was like, you know, I, I wish you nothing but the best, you guys, because they were handing Roswell their ass, like they were destroying. <laughs> Halftime it was 31-13, and Roswell came back to beat them. Wow. <clears throat> That's why it was such a great game. They left after halftime. They went back over. They went somewhere else. But it was like, I thought, it, I, I, I was ready for an all-out brawl. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be one of those, like a part of, because I would have gone over there and tried to break it up. You know, but these women, I go, I go, maybe it's a black thing. Maybe black women, they don't really want altercation, uh, but they say some really horrible things to each other. For a long period of time. Like, you guys don't know when to stop. 
<laughs> I don't know. I've seen plenty of world star videos that would say the exact opposite. Exactly. <laughs> I see plenty of wigs flying. <laughs> You're right. That's what I thought too. I thought the exact same thing. That's why I was like, times are changing. But you know what I have noticed? I think a lot of people just argue at these football games because the same thing happens at my daughter's games. These these women and I don't know why they were black, but they were they were arguing back and forth across the thing about their teams. But I think it was because it's football and it's football talk. They don't want to fight. They just want to argue about the game. Yeah. There's like testosterone gets into these women mm-hmm. and they become all yeah. feisty and, 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 and whatnot. Like even I heard um, some band parents. Why are you still cracking? And you're supposed to be sucking. Don't open another one. I'm sorry. Just I, give it up. Your right. throat's my, fine. My throat's a little tickly. <laughs> Your throat's fine. I'll, I'll finish this up here soon. <laughs> Delicious. Oh my God. Sorry. The man who tells me day one minute one, don't ever put a microphone in front of you with something in your mouth. You're correct. I oh, do. I said that, but God. this is medical. It's different. Well, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. not medical. I'm not chomping down on ladies. You did not need six cough drops. Mm. <laughs> it's delicious though. So anyway, um, the, even the band parents argue with each other. Like the, the, they'll, 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 they'll get involved. Actually, the band kids... And they all look the same. Have you ever noticed the band kids all look the same? They they, they look like they're trying to be a school shooter. You know, they, they all have this. Oh, my God. They all have this kind of off look, you know, <laughs> this daze, this glare. It's like, but they're really talented. You know, they can fucking blow a trombone like nobody's business. Yeah, they're, they're video game kids without the video game. Right. It's like analog video game. <laughs> Exactly. It looks like a, an audition for GameStop Employee of the Month, right? That's that's, that's yeah. Because you got to be smart to play an instrument and read music and stuff. So, so that's how it goes. And you know, during halftime, they come out and they do like these because uh, they've got these competitions for the band. So it's not just the bands, but they they have like uh, these these kids that come out with flags and they do this like weird artistic yoga dance. Flag girls. That's what I was. Uh, what a weird like who who aspires to be a flag girl. I did, and it was fun, and it takes a lot of skill set. Thank you very much. I can still twirl a flag to this day. But let's let's be honest, Nikki. Like, if you're a flag girl, it's not something you sought out. It just kind of happened because you couldn't do something else, right? They're like, no. well, you could be flag girl. And be like, okay, I'll take that. No, I was in chorus my entire school career up until my senior year, and it's because my friends in the band, she was a flag girl. She's like, you should come try out. You'll have fun. I think you can do it. So she's practiced with me for a week, taught me how to twirl it, and then I went and tried out. Mm-hmm. And here I am. And guess what? She got a scholarship to college from twirling that flag. Shut up. Yes, she did. I just give away money now. <laughs> it's, called, it's called color guard, right? Is yes, that the same color thing? guard. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. yeah. Well, it, no longer. It used to be in the South called colored guard. And <laughs> they thought that that was racist. Womp, womp. It's a racist joke. It is. Yeah. It's not funny, though. <laughs> Okay, so what about the bell ringers? Okay, so do you remember as a kid, like you, like a toddler, you had that little uh, little little bell thing, you know, ding ding, and you had the the stick, the, little, the xylophone. Is that what it's called, a xylophone? The xylophone. Yeah, you remember those, right? And it was on wheels, ding ding mm-hmm. ding, ding ding. They're they're a lot of fun, and everybody could play it. That's an instrument in the band. And I said to Rach, I go, who aspires to be the 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 bell ringer, the the the, the you know the the toddler bingo bell things? They feel like drummers, but you're not a drummer. But they feel like drummers. They're out there with the drum line. They're all lined up there together. That's that's what you do if you can't be a drummer. You play that. 
and you feel like a drunk. Okay, so to my point that they were like, hey, look, you're not as you're not as good as these guys over here playing the drums, but we can put you on the, the toddler bells. Because when you sign up for band, that's one of the things that you do. You figure out which instrument you can play well. So they figured out they can play that well. Well, they figured out they could play they couldn't play anything else well. <laughs> they could play that well. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming the toddler bells is the last option for, for kids because there are a lot of them. <laughs> they're all like on the same one. Like it was this big long bell thing. There's like eight <laughs> kids on it. They're just like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> The one black kid's on the Jamaican oil drum. <laughs> <laughs> then you got these color guard kids that like, I don't know what they're doing, but it's just weird because there's no rhythm and you can't hear anything and they're just twirling and just got this thing and going. I'm like, what's happening right now? What is this? What is this? What is this? Your band must not be any good. Our oh, band they're great. was rocking. They're, oh, they're fan. They rock. Everything they're, made sense. They, they, they're fantastic band. They're great. I don't want to take anything away from them. Uh, the football team's great. The cheer, everything's great. I, I really, I'm going to miss these Friday nights under the lights kind of thing and stuff. And like, you know, and it's tough. If you've ever played football, you know, whatever level you've played, you know, you go to a high school football game and you see the kid that plays your position, you're sitting there going, oh, my God, how do you not do this? Why are you not being taught this? You're, you're, you have three jobs as a defensive end. One is contained. You cannot. Why do you dip in your shoulder? You know, all these, like, little things. Like, who's your coach? You know, so I'm sitting here trying to get this kid's attention. And I go down to the, I go down to the field, like, where the, the, the fence is, and he's walking back and forth. And I'm, I don't want to wave at him, but I just was kind of like, you know, bobbing my head just because all I wanted him to do was look over and say, you know, do this with my hands, thumbs up, hands in the middle. That's all I wanted. To, that's all I wanted. To, I want an hour with this kid because he's got a lot of skill. He's got promise. He's like a sophomore and he's big. He's got size on him. I just need him for an hour. So I asked Ariel to reach out to him. I said, Ariel, you got to connect me with this kid. So what you going to go behind and the coaches and, and give him pointers? Yeah, I'm going to be a private coach this week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I only got a couple hours left into the game and he hasn't reached out to me yet. <laughs> He's not going to reach out to you. You think he just wants some random uh, classmates, dad to give him coaching skills. He doesn't want to know what you have to say. Well, I'm not random. I mean, I was a pretty good defense end. let's not lie, but I know, I know what he's doing wrong. That's the point. And, and I, I could change his game in, in 20 minutes. So what you should do, Ariel's leaving home. You're going to miss being on the game. You should sign up and coach Little League or something. No, I want to coach the high school level. I, 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 that's my new calling. I, I really, um, you know. Can you just walk into a high school and be a coach? Uh, Don't you got to have a degree for that or something? Well, I walk in. Let me see why not. I'm a good guy. Would you going to just call him up and say, can I coach? I'll probably just show up. <laughs> You send in your resume. Just be like, do you know who you're talking to? This guy played D3 school back in the day. Fuck you, D2, asshole. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, what is the, the, the coaches now? What are their qualifications? Do they even play football? I have no idea. I mean, my best friend from high school is a very successful high school football coach. He's made a name for himself. In the high school football coach world, he's won a couple state championships down in Venice, Florida. Um, he did go to school for coaching, and he worked his way up the ladder. Like you know, he 
He was an assistant coach. He was a running backs they coach. They start out as like PE teachers or something first, don't they? No, those t- those days have changed a little bit. I mean, I think you still have to teach a class. Um, now they're health teachers. Yeah, they're like health yeah. teachers, but <laughs> but but there's so much focus. Like schools have come to realize that you know athletics are such a huge part of the school, especially with money and boosters and 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 you know when I was in high school football was a joke to the administration like they didn't give us anything they didn't care about football none of that stuff now just about any high school it's such an event right you know the, the high school football has become a, a business uh they ha- you know the way that kids get recruited now they're all part of uh, they're all on a portal they're rated by stars colleges have instant access to footage based off of this portal i mean it's you know you the day of Putting together your highlight reel on a VHS tape, taking two VCRs and record, stop, record, stop, and sending it in. Those days are done. Now coaches can, you know, while they're in on, on a plane, can look there, the tons of footage of different kids and, and put together a football team for the next year. It's really, it's really cool. It's, it's good for the kids, you know. But I, I totally could help this kid out. I just want to see the results. Like, like, give me an hour. Give me an hour. That's all I want is an hour. Not even an hour. Just there's, there's, you have three responsibilities contain, you know, uh, you have to worry about bootleg. You have to worry about the, the block down and you have to worry about the pulling guard. And if you do, you take him with the inside shoulder, but always hands up. You always, he, he, he goes into the line with his shoulder and which then takes him out of the play. Because he dips his left shoulder. Once you do that, all the offensive tackle has to do is take his right arm, put it underneath your your, your pads, and push it down the line. And they were running to his side every time. So you've got to stand your ground. Your job is to keep that guy off the linebacker, really. You want the linebacker to make the tackle. You know, all this stuff. And if there's a pulling guard that's coming at you, take him with the inside shoulder. Not the outside shoulder. The inside shoulder. Inside shoulder. <laughs> Maybe he knows all these things and he just sucks. but i want to know what steps you're about to take the coach uh well i'm talking about that's my first step okay yeah and i (laughs) i I asked ariel to help me out coach bailey yeah i think they'd love to have me i you could see me as a coach right i'd be a good coach oh yeah totally i can see you in some shorty shorts and whistle (laughs) oh yeah i'd have to you know the best coaches you have to get real you have to get a lot it'd be high strung a lot of energy you know, yeah, very aggressive. We had a coach in high school. It was like our senior year. He played offensive line at the University of Florida. I don't think he ever went pro because of injury. He became a cop, and he was a big guy. But this guy was nuts. And I remember when we first met him, and he got mad at something somebody did and took the helmet, and he bashed his head into it, busted, open, busted open his forehead, broke the fucking helmet. Broke the helmet, like the, not the helmet part, but he broke the, um, the face guard and like it came off. He broke that plastic piece. I'm like, holy, this guy's nuts. You know, just bleed. And then he went to the rest of the practice with blood coming down his face. That's insane. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. We will listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Everything's better with fuck. <laughs> Whatever we do, it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the fuck. All right. Uh, you're ready to give a fuck about your health. 
That's the question that you need to ask yourself. Uh, if you are, then check out Chef Erica, Erica Nicole Day dot com uh, experienced culinary medicine consultant private chef medical high-end restaurant background available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss helping with medical conditions or strict macros for bodybuilding fitness training and she's just a good person chef erica erica nicole day dot com i wanted to look up something here based off of yeah he's dead he died at a young age um you, not surprised you remember jonathan brandis It sounds familiar. Who is it? What do you do? Uh, well, he was, a, he, was a, he was an actor. He was on the movie that I picked for Everything's Better with Fuck here. But his big television series was Sequest. Oh, yeah. He was in uh, Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. And also Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield, which is the movie this yep. week. Because we're talking about the World Cup, and that's a soccer movie, right? Um, mm -hmm. But when... I guess when most, so after his career stalled for a bit, he was hoping his role in a serious drama film, Hearts War, which I remember, would relaunch it. However, most of his scenes ended up being cut from the finished film. This caused him to fall into a deep depression in which he would drink heavily and tragically end his own life November 12th, 2003. Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. He starred in the role, uh, he, starred, he had a first starring role in The NeverEnding Story 2, the next chapter. And then Ladybugs, uh, Sequest. They don't have sidekicks on this one. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good movie, too. Anyway, I pick, uh, he was in It in 1990. Never knew that. Bad Girls. Did a lot of movies. I remember Hearts War. That was with Bruce Willis. Um, anyway, so uh, we're talking about the World Cup. So Ladybugs, about soccer. Do you, have you ever seen it? No. You've seen it, right, Nate? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jonathan Brand, uh, Ronnie Dangerfield's dating Jonathan Brandis's wife, and he has to become the coach for the soccer team because I've heard of it. I just never watched because it. of his his job as his boss makes him become coach of the soccer team, and his boss's daughter. He's like, you have to win. If you win, he gets a promotion. Nice. Uh, so he's like, well, uh, the only way we're going to win is because our team sucks. We need a we need a ringer. Jonathan Brandis, who's his girlfriend's son. Uh, he plays soccer, and he's really good. So he recruits him, but he has to be a girl. So he dresses him up like a girl. And so the whole time, he's a girl. And then at the end, he comes out and he says, I'm a boy. But he falls in love with the girl and all that stuff. So anyway, that's the movie. Very good movie. It's a fun movie. Everything's Better With Fuck is Ladybugs. All right? Ladybugs, Everything's Better With Fuck. <laughs> Nate, Nikki, judge them 1 to 10. 10 being the best. Whatever, whatever, which one has the highest score wins and gets played again. Here's the first one. What? I'm fucked. A girls' soccer team sponsored by my company, the Ladybugs. If I can bring home a winning team, I'll get that promotion. Then your mother and I can get married. All right. Uh, Nate, what do you think? I barely heard that one. Um, what? I'm fucked. A girls' soccer team sponsored by my company. The what? I'm fucking a girls' soccer team sponsored by my company. Oh, I didn't hear the I'm. What? Um, I like that. A girls' soccer team sponsored by my company, the Ladybugs. There we go. All right. Yeah, I like that one. I will give it a seven. That's funny. All right, Nikki? I'm going to give that one a seven as well. All right, because you're fucking the girls' soccer team. <laughs> All right, next one. All right, girls. Fuck. Our new ladybug, Martha. That's it. <laughs> Very short. All right, girls. <laughs> Fuck our new ladybug, Martha. Nate? 
Uh, I will give that one a six. Ooh. I didn't like that one as much. All right, Nikki. I give that one an eight. I actually like that one a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Our new ladybug, Martha. All right, let's not make this difficult when it's all said and done. Uh, <laughs> here's the third one. Matthew? Mom. Martha. Chester? Bess. What the hell's going on? Martha is Matthew. Fuck! That's when they find out the big reveal. I'll add it. Fuck there. <laughs> yeah, I like that one the best. Uh, I will give that an eight. All right, Nikki. I give that a nine. Wow, look at that. That's a winner. <laughs> here, here it is again. Matthew? Mom. Martha. Chester? Bess. What the hell's going on? Martha is Matthew. Fuck! <laughs> Martha is Matthew. Martha is Matthew. Martha is Matthew. All right. Uh, Nate, you got anything before we get out for the day? Happy Friday, fuckers. Happy Friday, fuckers. All right, uh, Nick. Don't be no podunk coach from no podunk town. There you go. Look at that. I like it. Go to states. (laughs) Go to states. Podcastthebs.com, that is our website. Please, if you're not a premium 2%er, become one. If you're having some issues with your subscription, reach out to Anchor. Uh, They're very good at helping you. You're going to find out that the fix is a quick fix, and usually it's because your credit card is expired or something like that. That's what I'm uh, the vibes that I'm getting from a lot of people that are having subscription issues. Uh, Our social media, please follow it, all of them. Subscribe to the YouTube, that's free. Uh, and then share our content, if you don't mind. I know it's a lot to ask, but if you could do all those things, I'd highly appreciate it. I want you to have a great and safe weekend. If you're going to be doing some drinking, understand, get it. But if you had too much to drink, please do not get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost way too many friends like that. And we'll talk to you soon. Emma! Get off my lawn! It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now! Get out of here.